What's up, what's up, what's up? My name is Ebony, and you are back for another DMT Expresso. That 15 minutes or less on the top of the Trinity Trinity are on my heart and mind. And well, since it is Black History Month, I've been going way over time limit for 15 minutes. But I'm okay with that because these are important topics. At least they are to me. This Black History Month, I'm talking about black comedy. Today is day 11, so it's obviously February 11th. And today I will be talking about how black comedy has addressed controversial topics and inequality through laughing through jokes uh so strapping let's get ready because we're gonna jump right on in okay so i am talking about how black comedians black sketch comedy tackled controversial and other inequalities through laughter through comedy uh, so I want to start by kind of addressing and posing this question have we as a culture stifled ourselves in our ability to really really address inequalities and controversy so I say this so I will be mentioning later on a little bit more about how uh, particularly sketch comedy had a large impact in bringing about social commentary and yes it was through laughter and I've kind of brought this up before uh, but it, it seems now that even our comedians can't uh, leverage comedy as a means to show us vision so I want to start talking about uh, what we've been calling cancel culture, what we've been calling uh, call out culture. Um, I remember this kind of really broadening out uh, a lot circa 2017 uh, with the Me Too movement. And so what is cancel culture? Uh, it's the culture in which, right, we remove or cancel the support for individuals and their work due to an opinion or action on their part deemed objectionable to the parties calling them out. Okay, so most often than not, this is somebody with a large platform. Uh, we've seen it happen with Bill Cosby. We've seen it happen recently with Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, there were those that were uh, trying to use cancel culture as a means uh, to cancel others. Uh, so there's some pros and cons to this concept, right? There, there's always a duality, or maybe more actually, uh, to these things. So what's what's a pro of cancel culture and for society? Well, one, this type of culture uh, often allows marginalized people to be able to seek accountability where a justice system might fall. On the other hand, this same system can amount to online bullying and incite violence threats or even worse uh, so we've kind of seen this first one uh, with women and talking about sexual harassment and I kind of mentioned that Me Too movement um, there was this big counterculture uh, against these women that were not being heard and so that's a pro that is fantastic uh, but a con most recently um, you say what you want about uh, Fauci but he brought up the other side of this cancel culture where people are using and here's the dark side of it using social media using the speeds the scope and impact and the influence they have 
uh, and, and their free speech to call out somebody to get them canceled. Uh, and instead, it's leading to actual threats on their life. Uh, actually impeding them being able to just do a job that they were asked to do. So that's a pro and con number one. Pro and con number two. Cancel culture gives a voice to disenfranchised and less powerful people. Sounds about right. Uh, a con to this is that cancel culture tends to not be productive sometimes. Uh, and, and, and sometimes it does not bring about social change. What we're seeing is, yes, it is giving a voice to those that we probably have never heard to before. But the flip side is, what's the end state we're aiming for in our activism? What's this, the internet act, I mean, as powerful as the internet is, you got to have an end state of what you're trying to do. So that brings up another question, but I'll bring that up later if I feel like it. Okay, so pro con number three. This cancel culture is a new form of boycotting. It's it's been taken up the mantle, right, by civil rights movements and, and is being used for social change. The other side of it is that it's a slippery slope and leads to intolerance in democratic society as people systematically exclude anyone who disagrees with their views. So I was actually having a discussion about cancel culture, and it's particularly uh, when it came to Dave Chappelle, and I will address this later in a later podcast, but uh, this is huge, right? Um, these people go up on stage and provide the jokes, right? Do certain things, and people are ready to pounce on them and label them as something X, right? Whatever that is. Now, this is what I do know. I agree with these pros and I agree with these cons. Uh, again, everything has more than a duality to it. And you got to look at both sides that with this power that you're given, what are you trying to wield and what you're trying to do with it? Because my biggest argument has been, and I, I and I even put it in my podcast, ta- even talking most recently about Whoopi Goldberg, is that what we're doing with the counseling of people is you're stifling them as well. You're stifling them from being able to change. You're stifling them to be able to grow. You're stifling them to be able to do certain things. And now I know this is, we can wield it like a weapon as we should, but you also have to rehabilitate. And I think that's where we, we haven't done it very well for cancel culture because we don't rehabilitate very well. We are very quick uh, with the, the sword, but we are very harsh in our treatment uh in giving hugs giving giving uh grace so that's my spill on cancel culture i'm really going to be coming back to this topic especially when we start addressing um when i start addressing the podcast with uh dave Chappelle. uh so what does this have to do with sketch comedy well as we know uh even shows like SNL have not been very uh, overt <laughs> as they used to be, right? I, I know they have to change with the times, change with uh, you know ability to keep up ratings. But what we're finding is that there's always going to be some pushback uh, if we take in those early cast members, right? The the 
the Chevy Chases, the the Eddie Murphys. Uh, when I play that Eddie Murphy skit of him being, <laughs> uh, you know, doing the spoof on a parody on uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, uh, it was speaking to social commentary of the time. Um, now, I mean, while the writers have changed the way we do comedy has changed a bit i'm not seeing a lot of this um we were very quick uh to say hey not funny don't do that again uh don't be taboo well guess what jokes are meant to test out your ability to take the joke i.e if they make a black joke in a room right culturally speaking uh in a room and address the one white person in the room as it oft, they often do, right? Comedians sometimes do. Uh, that joke might not land. And they know this. It's not until you get a group of people together, uh, especially it, it, it's a minefield. Comedy is a minefield, always has been. Um, and through comedy, you can have really smart jokes. Uh, most of comedians actually tackle real life situations that they've been through um, that they're they're seeing that they're living and so this is important stuff because y you're not really seeing that anymore right um, you're not really seeing the ability to uh, use material see what lands see what sticks see what makes you cringe a little bit inside uh, and so there's also been this question of is cancel culture yes, cancer culture ruining comedy ruining stand-up ruining uh is it a problem and is it and will it continue to be the downfall for the ability of comedians to have a voice themselves and we've seen it i, I i've seen it right we've seen it uh steve harvey was one um, that they were wanting to cancel. They've canceled Bill Cosby. They're trying it with Dave Chappelle. Uh, they've tried it even with Hannah Gadsby, Gatsby, um, Chris Rock, uh, Ricky Gravis. Uh, I mean, there's so many people that uh, are so raw and unfiltered with their comedy that people are quick to be like, you know what? We don't want to hear that voice. And I've kind of come up with this phenomenon it's kind of called right the the Google algorithm so I refuse to delete anybody from my Facebook my friends list my my contacts and it's mainly for this we have we need opposing views this is I mean besides the fact of something that's being so egregious that it's against the law of some sort uh, that is so polarizing and it's thought that uh, it's espousing some very unimaginable things Besides that, <laughs> you start canceling people, you yourself become polarized in your thinking. You don't hear what the, this, this is why I, I said I really want to he hear true to true debate. I want to hear uh, comedians go right back, you know, go back in the day and do uh, battles again. Because what we're missing is truly a dialogue. It becomes a very one-sided conversation when you, your whole friends list, when your whole everybody you follow, even in comedy, thinks like you. That's called groupthink. That's called you are not, in fact, looking at the other side. You are, in fact, <laughs> homogenizing uh, 
your thought process. You are only looking for what fits into your little, your little values of compartmentalization. And that is a dangerous place to be. And I think most people with the social commentary now will say the same thing. We are in, a, in an inflection point of sorts. And it's very important for us to really look at both sides. And comedy is that area that used to push the envelope. We allowed them to push the envelope because it needed to be done. It had to be done because no one would really listen. And guess what? Oftentimes, comedy is in fact very, very palatable. It makes those uncomfortable conversations, those uncomfortable topics such as race, such as your, uh, how you identify, uh, what, who you might fall in love with, those types of things uh, become palatable for some people because uh, they put in a format that shows you how the, the level of naivety and, and sometimes ignorance that we bring to the table. And comedy does that. Sketch comedy did that a lot of the time. And I don't even, I don't even know if we actually uh, pay attention really to what is actually going on in sketch comedy. So I'm going to take a little time right now, dive in to sketch comedy and why these two shows that I have picked to talk about are still relevant today. Uh, I've already talked in depth about In Living Color and Dave Chappelle, The Chappelle Show, but why do I want to keep bringing these particular shows back is because, of course, they are black sketch comedy shows um, and highly impactful highly impactful shows of their time and so I'm gonna start with In Living Color. Why why is In Living Color still relevant today? Why do we still look back and laugh at some of the things that they were doing? Uh, well, let's be real. If we're talking about the early 90s, uh, what In Living Color managed to do was tackle some very interesting social uh, change and in inequalities and in police policing. So I know there was a couple of skits uh, in which how would you tackle the Rodney King situation in comedy? Well, they did. Uh, they they among others were very gutsy in even tackling uh, things such as right at the time having white rappers v Vanilla Ice, uh, Van Million Vanilli. Uh, you know the they're, they're bringing out the understanding of certain things politically or otherwise and you really got to see how they tackled these things dealing with diversity uh, dealing uh, with um, how women are seen heck they even tackled obviously our own social and constructed stereotypes of African Americans of blacks and they did it through laughter because again some of these things if you came out with a razor sharp tongue is not palatable to the masses but the thing that the way that they did it was so intellectually bound uh, it kind of lost that it wasn't very it wasn't tactless it wasn't uh, it wasn't it, it it was hilarious and let's just put it like that it was hilarious this is why we go back and watch the reruns. Uh, we might cringe at some of the things now, but it was funny. It was funny. 
So let me turn my, my gaze back onto the Chappelle show. Looking at what he did to make you sit in front of your screen for those two seasons and say, holy crap, that is hilarious. But holy crap, why did he do that? Why would he, why would he say those things? I mean, we remember, uh, right, the flip on, he did the flip on um, making, making the band, right? Uh, with Dylan, right? <laughs> it, was, it was like uh, a compilation of Big Brother, The Real, and a couple other shows from MTV days. Uh, but you had a predominantly black cast uh, and this guy named Dylan. And it was weird to see that kind of notion uh, to, to see things flipped on their head and how it works. Dave Chappelle was very, th that show was very much into talking about, uh, racist ideas. I mean, there is a reason why <laughs> you got, you got, uh, certain skits and sketches that, uh, people didn't know whether to laugh or, uh, or be very, very socially conscious that, holy crap, I used to think this way, this is the way I thought. Um, I know I laughed uh, with Tyrone Biggins, right? I mean, he is a product of the crack epidemic, endemic, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but I laughed, but I was like, you know what? I know, I have family members that are, I have people that I know that have been fallen to drugs of this sort. There's other ones uh, that we'll talk about a little bit. Uh, so I want you to strap in because I am going to talk a little bit more uh, Dave Chappelle. So let's talk a bit, a little bit more about what we, what was very controversial in um, Dave Chappelle. I remember one skit which he uh, addressed uh, the flip side, right? Looking at, oh, what's the show? Um, it was a courtroom show, right? So it's like a one of the like law and order type shows, except he flipped the word on its head where how would you treat a black guy versus a white guy? Uh, depending on right his version his version of crimes and his things and I mean we we wouldn't be laughing about uh, where he's sitting in front of Congress and you know he's saying I plead the fifth sir one two three four fifth like there's stuff like that that's funny but then this is stuff we're seeing in real life uh, seeing how the counterparts are treated are vilified in certain ways and it makes sense social commentary um i've kind of mentioned before that um dave chappelle tackled my gosh um the one skit with like thirty thousand inwards in it and then you know other socially unacceptable <laughs> terms that were I know people were like, I'm going to boycott that. But you know what? I, that was one of the sketches. I laughed so hard because, oh my gosh. Like, so you had a white family that's named the N-word. 
you had a black guy calling these calling the white family by the n-word and I'm sorry that whoever wrote that sketch genius but I was so uncomfortable sitting in my predominantly sitting with my group of predominantly white friends watching that sketch and looking around I'm like holy crap um this is happening all right and you know what it was actually uncomfortable for me but I they later said that they were really uncomfortable because they didn't know where to laugh they didn't know uh what was socially acceptable in that moment and of course we just laughed right they were looking to me in this situation which I thought was interesting they were looking to me to see if I was going to laugh and a few of the more braver ones we actually had a discussion um, about uh, how I felt about that word uh, how did I feel about that sketch uh, what I felt about the Dave Chappelle show would I be still watching it? I'll say absolutely I would uh, otherwise we wouldn't be having these conversations now the one the one episode or two where he brought in Clayton Bigsby now if you do not know who Clayton Bigsby is he's the black white supremacist uh, Bigsby is a black man who is blind that hates black people and ironically enough nobody in his little town determined and decided to not tell him what uh, race his true like what his race actually is his true identity um, and so I'm sorry, but I laughed so hard during that sketch because it this plays on the duality of black culture, really, right? Um, we are we are resistant to our own while espousing certain things uh, within the community, but also so out there as well um, and ready to, you know, have a movement uh, against. Uh, other people right so it's, it's talking about the within and without um and it's 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 a really it's a ridiculous situation that well why do you have a commitment like it brought th that particular sketch brought me a lot of questions uh, about myself about activism about uh well why is it funny right like racism itself is not funny uh but when i watched that sketch and they especially when he was like talking in front of the audience and they were like pull off your hood clayton we want to see you like i couldn't stop laughing because it's the it's this the true absurdity that you know what this is probably the stuff that's really going on like who writes this stuff just to be contrary But this is circa 2006, 2003, 1991 through 94. Only level of social commentary I've seen that's even close to these type of sketch comedy shows, this type of comedy, is what's still continually happening in stand-up. Uh, what Key and Pill were able to do with their show, to a certain extent. What what we're seeing with their ability to write in movies and produce uh, comedy is super important as a social movement by itself uh, when we continue to use cancel culture on everyone we ourselves are not growing we ourselves are not learning hell we're not even laughing anymore everything 
everybody doesn't know and and, I, and I've had that conversation do we know how to take a joke anymore do you know the separation of the line of joking commentary right it's a very tenuous line at best uh, but then what is too far what 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 is the termination of too far because there's a lot of people now that uh it, it, it's the situs infraction that makes it too far and I, I don't know what that litmus test is what does that look like but we I want a discussion let's have a discussion um, about this so this brings up some intriguing things I thank Dave Chappelle I thank our comedians I thank them for continuing to let their voice be heard in the face of the type of culture that we've built but also in the times that we live in because we need certain voices still in place to guide us to storytell to make it known because the thing is I don't always have to agree with everybody I don't always have to laugh at your jokes either I find plenty of people that are very very uh in my opinion unfunny to have some valid points and when they say things I don't have to always like everything I hear it's not meant to always be palatable and this is where I always come back to sit how do you sit in your uncomfortableness and what is actually too far are you part of that marginalized group that small group of people that it it affects but then when you look at the mass majority of people they're going about their day again nothing wrong with that but what is the end state in which we are trying to occur can we can we laugh can we cry can we be steadfast and what i'm seeing today is that people are often very wishy-washy uh it's like the winds right we go through these um certain things and then people want to really really uh, not laugh so i might not be funny i might not I try, right? Uh, I try to have a sense of humor about things and, and, and see different perspectives. And I would hope someone would have the grace to want to have the discussion before canceling me. So, that's it. I'm done. Talked about uh, sketch comedy and addressing social inequalities and controversial topics. Uh, what do you think? Uh, what do you think about comedy? Uh, stand-up, sketch comedy, comedians. Uh, do you think there's still a place in society for this type of social commentary? Uh, is it still wanted? Is it still needed? Uh, just a couple things to put out there. So as always, I'm sending peace, love, positivity, and good vibes. I will see you tomorrow.